Welcome to Talking Allergies, the podcast where we talk all things allergies about all types of allergies in all kinds of allergy lives. From food allergies to environmental allergies, special guests, community stories, allergy insights, giveaways and more. This is your allergy podcast for all things allergies. Hi, Malrick. Hi, Grace, and welcome to another episode of Talking Allergies. And on this Talking Allergies episode, we're going to be talking about atopic eczema. Also known as atopic dermatitis. That's right. And we have spoken about skin and allergies in the past. We have. We've spoken about eczema and contact dermatitis before. But today we're talking more about atopic eczema and atopic dermatitis. First of all, Melrick, what is eczema? Eczema is a chronic skin condition. Um, There are several types of eczema with different characteristics. A qualified healthcare provider, such as a dermatologist or skin allergy specialist, can diagnose the different types of eczema and determine management strategies. And if you're unsure where to go, reach out to your GP is a good point to start. Reaching out to your GP is a great place to start if you're unsure. But what are the common types of eczema? Here are some common types of eczema, Grace, um, but pre-warning, um, I have tried to get the pronunciations correctly, um, but if I do get them wrong and if someone's listening in and watching in, you're more than welcome to create a video out there and go, hey, Malric, this is how you're going to pronounce them. So That'd be a good way. I'd love that. <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm okay if there's no videos telling me that. <laughs> All right. Are you going to try? I'm going to go for it. All right. Okay, so I'm going to go for it. So we've got, of course, atopic dermatitis, so atopic eczema, uh, contact dermatitis or allergic contact dermatitis, dyshydrotic eczema, pomflex eczema, um, numula eczema or discoid eczema, seborrheic dermatitis, neurodermatitis, and stasis dermatitis. Yeah. How did I go? I'm not sure we're going to have to find out. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, in this episode, Grace, we're going to be focusing on atopic eczema or atopic dermatitis. And we do have a special guest on as well who runs an organisation to help people with eczema. That's fantastic. Um, But before we go further, let's talk about this word atopy. What does atopy mean? So atopy is a genetic tendency to develop allergic diseases. Okay. So then what is atopic dermatitis or atopic eczema? Atopic eczema or atopic dermatitis is a condition that causes irritation and inflammation of the skin. Atopic eczema or atopic dermatitis can range from mild to chronic and can look different depending on skin color, skin type, and age. Atopic eczema or atopic dermatitis, can vary in symptoms and severity, which can have implications on day-to-day life, and not just for the individual, but also the loved ones that are caring for them as well. There's a lot of different aspects to it. So, Grace, is atopic eczema contagious? This actually gets asked a lot. And no, it is not contagious. It's a skin condition. But, Grace, we shouldn't um, talk any more about this without bringing on our special guest for this episode. Yes, Melanie, who's an allergy mum. I spoke to her about her allergy story, about the support that Eczema Support Australia gives. It's a really touching interview. Um, I do get emotional in some parts, but it's really, really lovely. 
fantastic. And she also shares her allergy story with her two boys living with allergies. She does. She touches on her story living with allergies with her boys, the impact that it's had with her, her mum, and also the impact that eczema or atopic eczema has had on her kids. Well, I can't wait, Grace. Let's tune in. Welcome, Melanie, to Talking Allergies, the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Uh, Melanie, do you want to talk a little bit about your allergies story? Yeah, um, our allergy story started just over 14 years ago now um, when my twin boys were born. Uh, But at that point in time, I knew next to nothing about allergy or and very, very little even about eczema. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what was very apparent first and very obvious first to me was that the boys had some form of skin defect. Um, so from really from the time they were born. But the allergy uh, understanding of their allergy journey was still to come down the path. So that took a little bit longer for us to get our head around in some ways um, to even get diagnosed and understand. Um, they, they were breastfed babies and mm-hmm. they were... Um, somewhat failure to thrive in many ways and had really severe eczema, which we understood the severity of their eczema really from about three months of age. But it was when they were about 11 months of age um, that the few incidences happened where we finally went to the doctor and said, oh, this has just happened, and he said, right, let's get you a referral to an allergist. And looking back on that first year, there were so many red flags that I just didn't understand because although we have an atopic family in that we have the hay fever, we have the asthma, I don't have any food allergies Mm. and I didn't really understand food allergies and it wasn't until the symptoms were so obvious and scary with face swelling and tongue swelling just from a tiny exposure that it all came tumbling down. So um, we were lucky in that we actually did get into an allergist fairly quickly. Um, And then the journey from there just felt like it went a little bit out of control for quite some time. Um, I think as soon as we walked into the allergist office clinic, she had a look at these two babies and they they did the skin prick tests and then she just sat down and completely turned my world upside down by saying, right, this is what we're dealing with, this is what you're going to have to do. And it was a complete shock to the system because they had that many allergies. Um, I mean, she said immediately, we're going to have to, you're going to have to wean them immediately and we're going to have to put some things into place to try to deal with what you're going to be dealing with, and you're going to be dealing with it long term. So it was it was a huge shock. That's such a big journey, and you said there were still babies, so that's such a big journey from having a, two little twin babies, a little bit of eczema, and then having a whole journey of life changing journey. Yeah, it was, and it was a it's a, been a long journey since then. So that. 
when I look back on it now, I think I'm quite shocked that we didn't flag the food allergies and other allergies earlier on um, because, you know, the extent of their allergies. Mm. Um, but, yeah, once they were flagged and it was pretty much it. And then from there it became more allergies were added to that long list that we already had. Uh, they had to go on to elemental formula. Um, there were other symptoms that the elemental formula actually managed to help with um, until they were taken off that 10 years later. So they were on an elemental formula for 10 years. Um, one of them's back on it now. Um, but the, the long story short is severe eczema, which has been um, a huge battle to, to try to deal with to get that under any sort of control, and we went three years of really just going around in circles with that. All the allergies which seemed to get a lot worse and more extensive the further down the track we went, but thankfully now we seem to be heading in the other direction. Um, then we had, you know, the comorbidities to contend with, the asthma, hay fever, and then more recently diagnosed with eosinophilic esophagitis with one of them, mm -hmm. EOE. Um, so, yeah, it's been a huge learning curve. A, a massive learning curve. Um, it, even uh, learning about elemental formula, that's something that not many people know about as well. Yeah, and look, that's been that had been um, very much a lifesaver for the, both the boys for ten years, but it was such a bizarre um, thing for a lot of people to understand because, you know, when they were eight years old and probably even at eight years old, I'd say seventy percent of their nutritional intake was through formula, um, which is quite bizarre at that age, mm -hmm. um, but it was. Um, actually when they were taken off that formula, one of them continued to do okay, um, although, you know, growth became a bit of an issue, but the other one went backwards rapidly with a whole lot of other symptoms and we then realised that his um, EOE, well, we then suspected EOE, which then got diagnosed and we realised that... Um, the elemental formula had been keeping those symptoms at bay but also preventing the damage that we could have been doing through undiagnosed EOE and having other things in his diet which would have triggered it and made it worse. Um, but yeah, so um, during that time too, that whole period of time we were constantly dealing with severe eczema which no matter what we did with the food we were still dealing with severe eczema as well so um yeah I think um that combination of comorbidities is, is a real struggle for many families that are dealing with allergies Many, uh, many families deal with a whole lot of comorbidities and dealing with those areas. Uh, how do you manage day-to-day? Because -day? you've got quite a lot of elements that you are managing for your boys. How do you manage? 
Well, first of all, just taking each moment and each day, one day at a time. But um, certainly probably the biggest thing has been the support of my mum. Um, my mum actually moved in with us when my boys were four years old, which is probably at an age where they were at their worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, having that immediate hands-on physical and emotional support and also help that she's a registered nurse as well, so that <laughs> medical support too. Um, having good communication with our doctors certainly helped. Um our allergist, as much as it was a huge shock and she, you know, in some ways she was quite confronting as, as a specialist, but in other ways she was extremely practical and helpful um, and really guided us through those years and was always available. That was fantastic. And, our, you know, GPs keeping in close contact with them as well. And then we had to add other specialists that we didn't end up with a dermatologist who we have a really good communication with too who really helped us get it on top of the eczema and then since then we've had a whole range of other specialists added to the mix for various different things um and just trying to juggle all that is it is hard but it is about taking one day at a time and just trying to make the most of the positives and the good moments and just um, breathe through the difficult moments. It's fantastic to hear that you've got such a great network of both professionals and your mum being an RN mm. at home. That's, that, that's such a big help. But it also, there's still pressure on um, obviously the family to um, coordinate everything as well as keeping track. <laughs> Yes, there, there's a lot of coordination. It is, it is a full-time job um, on its own, really. And um, the, because of the extent of their allergies, their reactions and their eczema, they, we thought we got them to a point where they were well enough to go to school and we started prep a year later than we technically could have done just to give them that extra time. But within five weeks, um, the specialist was saying, their system can't handle it. So then we ended up homeschooling. So part of the way that we have also coped is by changing our whole life around them and what they've needed. They're back at school now. They went back to school at the end of year five um, and they're doing really well. Um, But, yeah, you know, we've been really fortunate. We've been able to turn our life around to meet their needs and to make it a positive experience for us as well but that's not always um it's easier said than done in many circumstances so for example those with a dust mite allergy best not to live in a house of carpet but if you're renting you can't just go and rip up your carpet and this in this rental crisis it's very difficult to find accommodation at all so um yeah we we count ourselves very lucky despite having an awful lot of things to deal with and juggle well, congratulations on going into the schooling. It's such a massive step to go from going into prep and going, okay, five weeks, we can't do it, homeschooling and going, actually, we'd, we'd like to go back into school again. That's such a big progression for you. It is, and, again, it comes down to communication. Um, we, we did find a school that was willing to bend over backwards with whatever they needed 
um, were open to communication, open to sitting down and talking through their needs. Um, you know, we had our eczema school kit that we have and we had um, some allergy resources and um, thankfully the school was quite versed with allergies. Um, but, yeah, it all comes down to really picking and choosing the right school and making sure you have that communication and, you know, it's one of the things that um, I'm a firm believer if you're not able to talk with your GP or your specialist or whoever it is, it's really important to find one you can talk with because um, you need to have that open line. Is there anything that you would recommend someone early on in their allergy journey so they've just found out that their kid has allergies or has eczema and doesn't really know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely with both allergy and eczema. Uh, I think the things I would recommend would be to make sure you have medical professionals that you're comfortable talking with and follow their advice, follow the evidence-based advice because there's an awful lot of advice, some of it very well-meaning, some of it out there to make money. Um, there are so many people just wanting to give their opinion because they want to help or mm -hmm. because they they think they have the answer um, and it can send you on this never-ending journey of trauma, really. Um, some of it can be quite dangerous, but a lot of it can be just quite expensive and time-consuming or upsetting. So finding the health professionals, following that evidence-based information, but also surrounding yourself with the right support network, the right, right support group. Um, people who are going to encourage you and support you and build you up, um, not necessarily the people who just want to give you their opinion all the time. They're, I think that's really important. And I, I, I look back on our early days of our journey with both allergies and eczema, but particularly with the eczema, the amount of um, products, um, money and time we spent chasing the wrong path i wish i knew then what i knew now but the other thing i have to remember as well is it's really hard to absorb that information so even with the doctors giving you that information or when you read the information because you're dealing with so much you've got to be a bit kind to yourself and i look back on some of the mistakes i made and i've got to remember it took me years for some of that basic information to sink in so not being too hard on yourself when you do make a mistake or you follow the wrong path is is probably another piece of advice I'd give to to people. Um, and yeah, just rest when you can. Resting and recovering is such a, a big part of that too. That yes, for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you would like to share about? Um, your experiences so far? I think one of the things I'd like to share about my experience is, as I said, being a bit kind to yourself and realising you are going to make some mistakes along the way. Uh, and if you live in total fear all the time of trying to do everything perfectly, it's really going to take away from big parts of your life and the same with, you know, your children or your family. Um, mistakes are going to happen as long as you've got a backup plan you've got a good action plan and you follow that action plan 
Um, and you're not always going to have all the answers. So I'm thinking more on the eczema side here. You're not always going to know what the triggers are. And that's one of the hardest things to come to terms with because every time something happens or there's a flare-up or an allergy reaction, you you want to prevent that ever happening again. And it's important to try to find the triggers but it, um, not for it to become so all-consuming that you, you don't let yourself live your life. Um, you know, that's coming from somebody who did end up living in a bit of a bubble for a while um, with homeschool kids, so I'm probably the pot calling the kettle black in some respects but as as we've got older um I've I think I've learned to let go a little bit more and the other thing that we've done from a very early age is try to empower the kids my boys to have responsibility and do as much as they can do to look after themselves including reading ingredients, and they've been fantastic at that from a very early age and double-checking things themselves. Um, but then, on the other hand, not putting so much responsibility on them that they feel over-anxious or that they lose some of their childhood. So when it comes to eczema maintenance with creams and things like that, I was still very much hands-on and helping them or doing that for them until they were teenagers, really, because I think, you know, you can't really expect an eight to ten year old to be doing that level of management every single day because you wouldn't expect it of another eight year old. Um, so yeah, just yeah, go a bit easy on yourself and your family. So, what uh, what support do you have with Eczema Support Australia, and what do you provide? Yeah, so Eczema Support Australia. Well, we, we started the organisation once my boys were at a stage where we were feeling a bit more comfortable and in control of everything. Um, and we actually started it as an eczema and allergy support, a peer support group, um, very grassroots peer support group. And, and that has morphed into Eczema Support Australia because we did recognise that there was very limited evidence-based information and there was a lot of ongoing um, stress and difficulties with managing the eczema. So um, whereas there's, there is some information out there in relation to allergy support and there's some good peer support now for allergies, which is great. So Eczema Support Australia has really been from the beginning about providing real and practical support through a number of different projects and initiatives from psychological support. We provide some psychological services for anybody connected with eczema. You don't have to have eczema yourself. You could be a parent, carer, a spouse, sibling or someone with eczema. Um, but also things like our eczema school kit, um, our peer support meetings. Um, but we also do quite a bit of advocacy around getting better access to treatment and management and support in general for Australians with eczema. I'm trying to think what else. So there's so many projects now we've been working on doing. We've got a practical parenting for eczema families, um, which has been um, uh, a great video resource with Dr. Justin Corson and Dr. Lauren Cundy um, involved with that. And... 
Uh, yeah, if we, I guess if people go to our website and look at Excellence Support Australia under resources, bearing in mind there's a lot more coming. There's a lot more in the pipeline. Um, there's some big projects that we're about to embark on to be able to reach people nationally with evidence-based information and support along their eczema journey right from the beginning. It sounds like you've got such a great, well-versed range of resources and support and that it comes from a place of understanding that you've experienced everything and just want to be able to help others. It is and it's, yeah, it was inspired by our journey definitely um, but the wonderful thing about Eczema Support Australia is it's been built through the community and it's um, one of the things I'm most proud of with Eczema Support Australia is how our Eczema community has come together to advocate together for more awareness and understanding but also things like access to new treatments and now coming together to get more long-term support across Australia for people with eczema. So having that engagement with our community and having the individuals involved every step of the way with us has been probably one of the, the biggest things that I'm most proud of. As a parent of a child with allergies and eczema and a person that runs an organisation to help others with eczema, how have you seen the impact of eczema in someone's life? Oh, goodness, where do I start with that? I think the shortest way to describe it, it impacts every aspect of your life. So as a carer, um, a parent of a child with eczema, it impacts your career, your finances. Um, you know, for me personally, um, I had to give up my career when my boys were at their worst to care for them 24-7. Nobody slept in our house. It was um, four hours of broken sleep a night every night for years. So you add that sleep deprivation into the mix and that causes increased depression, anxiety. Um, you know, for children, it has a huge impact on their social and learning development. Um, for adults with eczema, um, we know that one in five adults actually contemplate suicide and one in three have much, much higher levels of depression and anxiety than the rest of the population. Um, for adults, it affects their ability to work if they've got eczema. Um, they're, for all ages, particularly for teens and adults, it um, it impacts their social interaction, their self-esteem. Um, and we're working on a project now we're about to, to launch around, around self-esteem, building self-esteem within our community members. Where uh, The impact, yeah, it just it takes over your life. It's so much more than an itch for people with eczema. It is painful and it's relentless. Is there any specific moment in uh, Eczema Support Australia or the workings of Eczema Support Australia that you're particularly proud of or a milestone? There's a few. There's a few. I'll, I'll try and think back to them. So I think when we first became a charitable organisation and we, we had, you know, that, that initial start and we had our founding group members 
of which most of them are still very much actively involved in what we're doing. That was that was an amazing um, step forward. And then I think, you know, when we had our big SOS campaign where we advocated for treatment access to new targeted treatments, um, first new treatments in 50 years for eczema, and we were able to bring the community along with that journey and get our politicians along with that journey to that. And we went to Canberra and we were actually listened to and we had action from that. So that was um, a huge moment, I think, for Excellent Support Australia. And I think now we're taking that next step forward where we're really trying to make lasting change for all Australians with eczema to have that. So no matter where you are in Australia, you get the appropriate care and treatment and support that you need. I'm really proud of what we're doing now, but I think we've got a long journey ahead and we, we need the support of our community behind us to keep going. Um, so I think that along with our, you know, all our projects that we have that are all aimed at providing that real and practical support are all things that I'm really proud of and looking forward to the future. We've got a, a lot to look forward to, but we still got a long journey ahead of us. Touching on um, the looking forward to, is there anything that we should be looking out for with Essence Support Australia? Yes. Um, there is, there's a, there's a few announcements coming. Um, as I said, I, I think we've still got a long journey. We've been putting a call out there and been in the media a lot and been to Canberra again to call for a national eczema strategy. Something that even though we have nearly 3 million Australians of eczema, we've never had a strategy, a, a national focus on this disease area to, to make some positive changes. It needs to happen. I'd I don't think we're going to get all our wish lists ticked off all in one go. I think um, we are potentially going to have a few hurdles we have to overcome to, to get that happening in a real and meaningful way. So um, watch space for announcements around that national eczema strategy. There's a lot happening in the pipeline around education, around support, um, and a lot of it, I um, can't wait to give you more details on what I've just been held back. I have to wait for some other announcements before we can then make our official announcements. Cool. So everyone has to watch out for the websites and updates from you. Yes, that's right. People can subscribe so they can get the latest information and um, know what's happening in this space. That sounds fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for Talking Allergies and for sharing your story with your two boys and how you started Exmen Support Australia. It's really wonderful to hear the support that you've that you're providing out there and what you've got planned for the future as well. Thank you, Grace, and I really appreciate everything that you're doing and the the resources that you have online and the peer support meetings are really much needed and and um, looking forward to more. Wow, Grace, that was a really beautiful interview. Thank you, Melanie, for sharing your story and sharing the amazing work that Eczema Support Australia has been doing and, of course, for everybody involved with Eczema Support Australia as well. Um, thank you. The more support, the more help we put out there in the community, you know, through, through whichever way we can, it makes such a big difference. And I think for anybody that has eczema, um, jump, out, jump onto Eczema Support Australia, you know, see what resources can help you from there. 
Um, we'll also, you know, stay close to the information with any updates that are coming in with any changes that can help people. And we'll bring that on the show as well. Yeah, the psychology sessions as well as really important mental health and eczema is an important topic and definitely one that um, if you're experiencing, you should reach out to Melanie or Eczema Support Australia. And find out more about Eczema Support Australia as well. Visit their website on www.eczemasupport.org.au. So wonderful episode, Grace. I really enjoyed that interview. And um, I think, you know, We'll continue talking about skin and allergies. It is a fascinating and broad area to speak about. And I think if we talk more about allergies, as we always do, but also these areas of allergies that don't often get spoken about enough, like skin and allergies, um, the more awareness we can bring and more support we can connect people with, the better. It's definitely a really big topic that we're going to discuss in the future. But what do we have for the next episode? On the next episode of Talking Allergies, Grace, we're going to be talking about anaphylaxis. Something that I know all too well, but is a really important topic to discuss, particularly with schools, with people out there. Anaphylaxis needs more attention, as does a lot of the topics we're talking about. I don't think there's any limits to the amount of topics we can talk about on Talking Allergies, Grace. No, we can keep talking and keep raising awareness about all things allergies. On talking allergies? On talking allergies. The discussions on talking allergies are here to support you or your loved one on your journey with allergies. The topics discussed here are not intended as medical instruction or as a substitute for advice by a qualified healthcare provider.